Chapter One of A Little Queen of Hearts. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Little Queen of Hearts by Ruth Ogden. Chapter One Harold and Ted Have It Out. He was a thoroughly manly little fellow. Nobody questioned that for a moment, not even Ted and yet there he sat his head bowed upon his folded arms while now and then something very like a sob seemed to shake the well-knit figure and give the boyish head an undignified little bob when at last he looked up behold proof positive there were tears not only in his eyes but on the sleeve of his eaten jacket and there was no longer any question but that harold harris sturdy little englishman though he was had been having what is known on both sides of the water as a good hard cry how old was he asks young america a little mistrustful as to the right sort of stuff but what does it matter how old he was since it is certain that he was not the boy to cry under any circumstances without abundant reason it was evident now however that he was fast getting the better of himself he sat up and resting his head on one hand reached with the other for the paper-knife and began cutting queer little geometrical figures on the big silver-cornered blotter that half covered the table it was evident too that his thoughts were not at all on what he was doing and that the hard cry was being followed by a good hard think but this did not last long harold was simply trying to make up his mind as the phrase goes and that soon accomplished he drew pen paper and ink toward him and commenced writing a letter with his head on one side and his lips tightly pursed together indeed he never unpursed them until that same letter was sealed and directed and the stamp affixed with a very determined little air as though firmly resolved that the thing he had done should brook no undoing then he slipped into his coat and hurried out to post it and a few yards from the door he met ted who was just coming home hello there cried ted coming to a halt with his hands in his pockets where are you going this time of night out replied harold starting off at a run for it was wet and damp and to use england's english quite nasty ted gave a low whistle of surprise harold as a rule was such a civil fellow but no matter what did he care where he was going and entering the house with a latch-key he tossed his hat on to a hook and started upstairs his thoughts already far afield from all that concerned his younger brother back they came again however as he reached the landing and the old clock struck twelve so late as that he said to himself and deciding to wait for harold he turned and went down again to the library he hoped he should not have to wait long for since he was rather counting on a good night's rest nothing more exciting seemed to offer in the meantime he would make himself as comfortable as possible on the library lounge indeed to make himself as comfortable as possible had gradually grown to be the one thing worth striving for in the estimation of this young gentleman a beautiful portrait of his mother hung over the library mantel but it belonged to a closed chapter of his life and he had almost forgotten its existence 
he had never dreamed this would be so he had never meant it should be but that did not alter the fact that flattered and made much of ever since he went up to oxford he had somehow had little time to think of his mother and sorrier than that little inclination death was such a desperately gloomy thing to contemplate besides to keep thinking about it did not bring any one back and yet as much as in him lay ted had loved his mother and been very proud of her too it seemed hard that she should not have lived a great while longer but then she had been so very sad sometimes and life of course wasn't worth very much under those conditions when it ceased to be awfully jolly perhaps it was just as well to have done with it for him thank his stars that unhappy period had not yet arrived to be a christchurch senior with plenty of money and plenty of friends and a head that easily mastered enough learning to make a good showing left little to be desired especially when already endowed with a handsome face and a physique that every man envied at least so thought theodore harris and so thought and affirmed the half-score of intimate friends who enjoyed many of the good things of this life through his bounty it was a pity that there was not one among them with insight enough to gauge the complacent fellow aright and at the same time with honesty enough to take him to task for the profitless life he was leading but nobody did and so on he fared thoughtless and selfish and so wholly absorbed in the present that even alone and at midnight with his eyes resting full upon his mother's portrait he had no thought to give it nor the worthier past that it stood for indeed to judge from the discontented look on his face his mind did not rise for a moment above the level of his annoyance at being kept waiting why don't the fellow come back he muttered angrily realizing as he heard the clock strike half-past twelve that he had been actually inconvenienced for a whole half-hour and shortly after the fellow did come back the dearest little fellow in the world too by the way and shut the big front door and locked it as he had done night after night during the last two years while ted was up at oxford and he had been living alone with the servants in the pretty little home there at windsor harold rang out an impatient voice what you there ted with unconcealed gladness it seemed so cheery to have someone awake in the house yes of course i'm here you don't suppose i'd go to bed did you with you prowling the streets this time of night that is exactly what harold had supposed but he had the grace not to say so as he threw himself into a great easy-chair opposite ted and clasped his hands behind his head in comfortable stay-awhile fashion and as though quite ready to be agreeable if ted would only let him i went out for a walk and to post a letter he said after a moment and with a perceptible little note of apology in his tone for his uncivil answer of the half-hour before it must have been important said ted apparently amused at the thought of anything relating to that younger brother being in reality of any importance i should think though it possibly could have waited for the morning post yes it could but i couldn't surprised at this ted elevated his eyebrows it was a letter to uncle fritz harold added to uncle fritz with evident annoyance what in creation have you been writing to him about 
I have asked him to come over with Aunt Louise and Marie Celeste and make us a visit this summer. It took Ted a moment to recover from his astonishment. Then he answered curtly, Well, you can just write him another letter and take it all back. Did it occur to you I might have other plans for this house for this summer? I thought you might perhaps purpose to have some of your friends down here, same as last year, Harold answered frankly. Well, that's exactly what I do propose to do. And here you've gone ahead in this absurd fashion. What did you do it for, anyway? And Ted, in his impatience, got on to his feet and glared down at Harold, as though he would like to have eaten him up. Not a bit intimidated, Harold looked him straight in the face. If you want to know what I did it for, I'll tell you. I did it because I'm tired of the lonely life here. You haven't any more interest in me, Ted, than in a stick of wood, so I'm going to take things into my own hands now and begin to enjoy life in my own way. This little house is as much mine as yours, and I mean to have my turn this summer. I didn't like your friends last year and took myself off. If you don't like mine this year, you can do the same thing. The role was such a new one for Harold to play that Ted stood utterly nonplussed. That Harold should deliberately assert himself in this way was such an unprecedented performance that he knew not what to say. "'What did you tell Uncle Fritz about me?' he asked presently. "'I suppose you painted me as black as the ace of spades.' "'I didn't say a word about you. I wrote him it was awfully lonely here the last two years, and that it seemed to grow worse instead of better, and that if they'd only come over for the summer, we'd do all in our power to make them have a pleasant time of it.' "'Well, that is cool. Did you really say we'd do all in our power?' "'Of course I did. You like Uncle Fritz, don't you?' "'Of course I like him. But the cheek of it all!' And Theodore strode over to the window to think matters over. It was a fine thing, anyway, in Harold, he admitted to himself, not to have run him down to Uncle Fritz. If he was angry enough to take matters into his own hands in this way— it was a wonder he stopped short of telling him the truth about himself. Not that Ted, for a moment, faced that truth in any honest fashion, for he was a very good fellow still in his own estimation. He had simply not taken Harold into account. No one could have expected that he should, but now it seemed the boy was beginning to resent that state of affairs. There was some show of reason in it, too, and he rather admired his spirit. It was rather natural, perhaps, that he should want to have his turn, as he said. Very well, he should have it. For that matter, he would be rather glad himself to see something of Uncle Fritz. He had not really decided to ask any of the fellows down for the summer, though he had angrily made a declaration to that effect. Indeed, there was some talk of their going to the continent together instead, which would be a deal more fun. All this while Harold sat motionless and silent. "'The mean part of it is that you didn't tell me beforehand what you wanted to do,' said Ted, as the upshot of the thinking. "'What I wanted to do has not made any difference to you this long time. Besides, you would have told me I couldn't do it.' "'Of course I would. For, as it often happens, it is easier to be reasonable in thinking than in speaking. And I can tell you one thing, Harold, you'll be sick enough of your own bargain before it is over.' "'What do you know about Marie Celeste? Ten to one, she's a spoiled, forward sort of youngster. "'American children are a handful, always.' "'I'll risk it,' answered Harold. 
and i only ask one thing of you ted and that is that you'll be decent to them when they come like as not i won't be here harold's face fell it would seem such a breach of hospitality for ted not to be at home at least to welcome them but never mind he could explain to uncle fritz if he must what an independent life ted had led these last few years he would hurt himself more than anyone else by acting so ungraciously who's going to pay for things here at home i'd like to know said ted after another few minutes of meditation there isn't enough of my allowance left now to tide me over to the first of the year let alone running the house in fine style all summer you need not bother about that there's enough of mine and i can look after my own guests which is more than you did for yours last year it was a mean little thrust perhaps on harold's part but ted deserved it for harold had paid his half of the heavy expenses of the previous summer without a murmur but it said to ted's honour that he appreciated the situation and coloured up to the roots of his hair you know how to rub a thing in he said which was as wide of the truth as could be for harold had never alluded to the fact before and made up his mind on the spot that he never would be mean enough to do it again a little later the boys had said good-night to each other and not in an altogether unkindly spirit either ted had not been as angry as harold had expected and harold sorry for his thrust about money matters had wound up by being rather conciliatory and he was happier on the whole than he had been any time for a twelvemonth and so it happens with the children as with grown folk that sometimes when there is a climax in the heart the head rises to the emergency and is able to think a possible way out from besetting difficulties End of chapter one